Welcome on in, everybody, to the first Locked On Eagles podcast post-Senior Bowl. I'm your host, Gino Camilleri, joining you, as always, here on the Locked On Podcast Network and here at Locked On Eagles. Find us at Locked On Birds on Twitter. Find myself at Gino underscore L-O-E. And find my co-host at DiBiase L-O-E. Man, what a week this was. I never thought in a million years... That I would ever be able to go down and rub elbows with people in the NFL. And that's exactly what I got to do this past week in Mobile, Alabama. And one of the best feelings about it was that I was seeing these players that are making a difference for themselves. There there were some players both in practice and in the games who are going to make themselves some money. And it's good to see. And it's it's very encouraging that players take this bowl seriously because just look at the track record. Some of the best players in the NFL have played in the senior bowl. If you want to compete, you want to be a football player, you go down to Mobile, Alabama, and you prove it. And we had some very good performances all around. I mean, I was lucky enough to be sitting in the stands for practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I was able to go over the Thursday practice on the tape. But man, there are some players that are now in consideration to be in the first round. I mean, outside of your main ones, you know, you have Javon Kinlaw in the middle. You have Derek Brown, of course, out of Auburn. Those guys should both be picked relatively early in the first round. You've had some guys that have their stock. They were sitting around maybe a middle-of-the-road day two guy, maybe a early third, talking about guys like Josh Uche, Bradley Anai, I mean, the list can go on and on. There were some guys that put their name into the conversation, and we'll start with the most important position on the football field and quarterback. I know I'm a little biased, of course, towards the Ducks and Justin Herbert, but man, there was no need to be biased this week. Down in Mobile, he was putting every ball he had on a rope. He was seeing the defense well. There was one rep in the Dome yesterday when they were practicing at South Alabama where you can see him, he looks to the left side of the field and he draws the, the single high safety over the left hash marks and he instantly looks back to the right to see the receiver separate to where that safety was and all the talk of Justin Herbert being a one-read quarterback, I think you could put that to bed. He did a lot of things that made him uncomfortable this past week. I saw every single game that Justin Herbert ever played at being an Oregon fan but not many times was he lined up under center, and he did that a lot in practice. He had to do things that he was uncomfortable with. He had to make some of those throws to the hash marks. He had to get outside of those comfortable throws where he's in those timing concepts and in those single-read RPOs. He was reading the field very well, and he solidified himself as a top-10 pick, in my opinion. And what I was saying to everybody that was nitpicking Justin this week is that if Josh Allen, somebody who was much more unpolished then Justin Herbert could get picked in the top 10 with basically the same tool set, but Justin Herbert had much more success, and it looks like he's being named, currently I'm watching the end of the game here, the MVP of the Reese's Senior Bowl and Senior Bowl week, so good for Justin Herbert. I think he believe, uh, he displayed all the leadership qualities that people were questioning about him. He's not a vocal guy, but man, he sure was today. You saw the, the touchdown pass he threw to LaMichael Pirine. He ran right up to him and was screaming in his face, celebrating. He was doing that all week, encouraging his guys. I think a team, you look at a team sitting there like the Chargers, 
they need a quarterback, uh, maybe even Detroit Lions. You talk about these teams that maybe about a year ago they weren't thinking about a quarterback, but now Phillip Rivers is moving on, maybe Matt Stafford moving on. Those guys can be in contention to draft a guy like Justin Herbert. And a lot of the talk was the other quarterback the other two quarterbacks, rather, that will be in high consideration are Jordan Love, the Utah State kid, and Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts did himself more damage than good in this week. He had a rather tough time seeing the field. He did have a couple beautiful throws in there today in the game, but in the practices, it was tough for him to adapt. I think he had a rough week, but Jordan Love, I think he's a guy that is going to continue to rise up the board. I mean, he's going to test well at the combine. He's a athletic freak. He's got a big arm. He's much like the consideration of Josh Allen, a smaller school guy who who has a lot of the tools that NFL teams love to see. I mean, you got a big arm. He's able to survey the field well. I had the lucky ability to uh, be in the Scouting Academy class on in our live um, classroom on Monday night down in Mobile, and Coach Chris Palmer, a longtime NFL coach, was breaking down quarterback film with us, and he's shown us some plays of Jordan Love, and you can see it on film that he, he gets it as a quarterback. He's He is a playmaker in every stretch of the word. So it'll be t- interesting to see how this quarterback class shakes out. I mean... Joe Burrow, I think we could pencil him in to be the number one pick. But after that, does a team love Tua? Do they trust his injury history? Do they want to go with Justin Herbert? Do they want to take a risk on a guy like Jordan Love? NFL quarterbacks are always pick your flavor. What do you prefer in a quarterback? And I think this class is going to be just like that. And you go to another position that we talk about, Baskin-Robbins, whatever kind of ice cream with all the flavors that you want, is the wide receiver group. I couldn't have been more impressed with all of the wide receivers that were down in Mobile, Alabama. The guys that played in the game today, I wish Michael Pittman could have had a chance to play. I wish Brandon Ayuk was there. I'm, I'm still kicking myself that I was unable to see him down there, but... There were good players all week. I mean, the MVP of the practices, in my opinion, were uh, Van Jefferson and Denzel Mims. Both of those guys, two different styles of players, but both get it done in the receiving game. You look at a guy like Van Jefferson. His dad was a wide receivers coach for the Tennessee Titans. Super refined in his route running ability. He creates separation by the intricacies in his route running. He has the ability to use his head, his shoulders, his eyes, his hips. He attacks the short arm of the cornerback. He can get open no matter what. And Denzel Mims, a guy that doesn't create as much separation due to natural agility, but is a big-bodied guy and knows how to work the stem, knows how to work the catch point. He's very fast, surprisingly, for his size, and he's a guy that just I keep falling in love with more and more every single day. And talk about a guy that I love. I'm sure that you've been getting annoyed with me tweeting the three three initials of AGG over the past 72 hours, but Antonio Gandy-Golden. 
man, oh, man, talk about a, a small school player coming out of Liberty, just an absolute specimen of a human being. And I saw somebody on Twitter comp him to A.J. Green, and I think from a body profile standpoint, that makes complete sense. He's about 6'3". He has arms for days. I'm pretty sure he could just take off like a pterodactyl if he started to flap his arms. I mean, his wingspan is incredible. He's They showed a clip of him today. He's an unbelievable bowler. He's a smart kid. On and off the field, he just knows how to run routes well. He's very physical for his size. His footwork is very, very good. And he's has surprising yak. And for a team like the Eagles that needs playmakers, he was clocked in as the third fastest Third fastest out of every single player at the Senior Bowl at around 21.35 miles an hour, which is relatively incredible for a player of his size. And I know we just took a player in J-Jaw last year, but these two guys play completely different. Yes, he's a big body receiver, but man, he plays like he is 5'11". It is truly amazing to see. And you talk about some of these smaller bodied receivers like the James Prochets and the Cordonade Davises. I think those guys had excellent weeks as well. Prochet, he is a guy that comes from a system that didn't rely too much on route running, more finding the, finding open zones, and I think he can really excel in that. But he did show a surprising ability to separate and man coverage, and one thing that he excels at is flashing his hands late, and that allows him, even when he doesn't have separation, to play that game, to play the football intelligence game against the defensive back, and he flashes his hands right as the ball is coming in, and defensive backs just do not know when he is going to make a play. Very shifty guy, much like Coordinate Davis. I think NFL teams are going to fall in love with them as this process goes on. Those guys are going to test through the roof, and I mean, it's it's just Pick your flavor of who you want to see. Michael Pittman, another big body guy. Wish we could have saw him in the game today. Played well in practices. I mean, KJ Hill just showed that he could separate. He's at, he's, his agility side to side is unbelievable. His explosiveness is there. Austin Mack, another Ohio State wide receiver. The same type of player. They both can separate well. Just for the pass catchers this week, it was very well, well done by everybody at, at the Senior Bowl. Especially the tight ends too, man. There were some shocking guys. The, another small school guy. We're talking about a lot of small school guys here. Adam Trout, Troutman out of Dayton showed that he could be a big chess piece in an NFL offense. He really reminds me of like a Kyle Juszczyk and how he's used in Shanahan's system to where he's split out as a tight end almost at times. He's as an H-back, just very fluid hips for a guy of his size. He's going to make a team very happy when they can scheme him into an offense very early on. And another guy that, unfortunately, due to the situation of being behind Randy Moss's son at LSU, Thaddeus Moss, is Stephen Sullivan. Big, big, Big tight end. In one-on-ones this week, he even went toe-to-toe with uh, defensive end Jonathan Grenard out of Florida and held his own very well. But as a route runner, he was smooth. At the catch point, Stephen Sullivan can get up there, man. He's got good, strong hands. He's got good, strong arms. I think you're only going to see him continue to rise up the boards as teams can work these guys out at the combine. You see their natural sets of hands when you're doing the uh the gauntlet drill where you have to f- flash side to side it's going to be very very interesting i mean 
it's just pick your flavor with these guys. And I think you're going to see a lot of these guys that are tight ends in the college game get split out wide. A lot of these tight ends can run routes very well. I mean, a guy that is my favorite player was a better wide receiver than he was running back, but he's in Mobile, and he played in this game as a running back, and that's Antonio Gibson. You're starting to find these guys that are chess pieces and NFL teams realizing that it doesn't matter if you fit the profile of an X receiver, if you fit the profile of a bell cow back. If you're a player that can pick up yards in the NFL and can do well in space and are quick and have explosiveness, you have a spot in the league, and arguably my most favorite player in this draft is Antonio Gibson because he is just somebody that Doug Peterson would fall in love with. A guy that had 19.3 yards per reception at Memphis and 11.3 yards on the ground. And how he plays in the open field and when he finds space is just something that you can fall in love with very quickly. Uh, As a runner, he is very patient in his feet, keeps his feet underneath him very well, finds the hole. A very good one-cut runner in a zone system would fill that Jordan Howard role very, very well. He always puts his head down. He's a natural forward runner. I says he, I say he runs like a penguin, how they keep all their body weight forward. He does just that, and he just continues to drive his legs and you need two to three guys to take him down being six foot two and for as big as he is and in the open field you you see a guy like Darren Sproles that ran a lot of these leverage routes against linebackers he does just that and as a wide receiver who had to go against nickel corners and would be asked to go against safeties and nickel corners and even linebackers coming out of the backfield Antonio Gibson put him on my team please and thank you and 24-7, I would love to have this guy in an offense with a guy like Doug Peterson who loves to get the ball in space. He could take that Nelson Aguilar role. He could take that Darren Sproles role, fill it all into one. A very, very versatile player all over the ball. We're going to take a quick break here as we got done talking about the positions on offense and get back to it as we talk about the defensive group coming up next on the Locked On Eagles podcast. We are sponsored today by Blue Chew. Blue Chew isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guys who want that extra performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our Locked On Eagles listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKDOWN. Just pay $5 shipping again that's blue chew bluechew.com promo code locked on to try it for free blue chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast today all right everybody welcome on back to the second segment here of the first locked on eagles podcast post senior bowl week I wish I could just go on and on and tell all the stories and hopefully we have more time throughout this offseason to really get into all the things that I've learned down in Mobile, Alabama and just have learned to appreciate in the game of football. And I I just love the science behind the sport and breaking down players is something that I genuinely love. And you can find traits in these guys in Mobile that will perk your eyes. And we talked about... Excellent players on the offensive side of the football, but 
on defense. Whew, man, there were some ballers and two of my favorite positions to evaluate as somebody who appreciates scouting is the defensive line and is the safety position and two positions that the Eagles are probably going to have to take a look at in this draft depth-wise on the defensive line. And at safety, you have two guys in Rodney McLeod and uh, Malcolm Jenkins. McLeod is a free agent, and Jenkins, I would love for him to come back, but he wants to get paid. So I was banging the drum for them to draft a guy like Nasir Adderley last year, a guy like Darnell Savage, a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, guys that can immediately come in and play in a nickel-style role, which the Eagles do a ton of. It's basically their base defense at this point. One guy that could fit that single-high safety after year two and even play some single-high safety in year one in nickel situations is a small school guy that I'm probably sure that you haven't heard about until this last week, and that being Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Rhine University, a small school in North Carolina, small school guy, big time player. You talk about somebody with pure speed. He he just looks like a, a gazelle in an open field every time he runs. His legs are so long. He's a very quick strider. He's super athletic for his size. He's one of those guys that can play all over the field. Some people are projecting him to play linebacker. I see him as a single high safety, just his ability to read the football field. He made a play this week where he's lined up at the hash marks. Ball's in the middle of the field. He's lined up at the hash marks makes a play, comes downfield to cover the running back who, off of a play action, goes through the A-gap, recognizes that it wasn't a run, reads that there's a tight end going out to the flat, and has enough speed to get quickly out to the flat to take away the look from the tight end. And it's just something that I have not seen an Eagle safety do in quite some time. You need a guy that can make plays on the back end because Jim Schwartz, he loves to leave his guys on an island. We know that. He's done it time and time again, and he's not going to change. Kyle Duggar can make plays from single high to the boundary at ease. That is something that he does in open fields. He tackles very, very well. He made some key stops on fourth down in this game. Man, I don't care where he played. You can't scout the jersey. You have to scout the player. You put him on a field. You don't tell me where he went to school. He's a top 50 player any day in my book, and I would be considering taking him in the second round because he, frankly, would fill a role for this Eagles team immediately. He covers tight ends well. He understands the game. He sees the field well. It's just somebody that I want for this Eagles team. And going down to the defensive line, we talk about players and the turnover that that position has had. Good thing is, man, this class... Boy, oh boy, there are some players up front and some guys that made themselves some money this week. You talk about the MVPs of the game today on defense. You have to talk about Bradley and I. You have to talk about Josh Uche, two edge rushers who win the game at two completely different ways. Bradley and I fits the Eagles profile for an edge rusher to a T, very reminiscent of a Brandon Graham type player, not the most athletic, still has some decent athleticism 
athleticism to him. He has functional athleticism, but he's quick off the ball. He gets upfield quickly. He's that fastball style of player. He surprisingly showed off some bend on in the game today. He cornered pretty well around the he flattened well at the top of the arc but man his hand usage is insane you just he has a, a swipe that's reminiscent of the swipe that Brandon Graham used to get that strip sack in the Super Bowl and he's somebody that I could see lining up as a three tech winning with his speed upfield much like Brandon Graham does would really fill that role well if they decide to move on maybe from Derek Barnett after this year who knows maybe they're not totally in love with what they've seen out of him and Josh Uche on the other side talk about situational pass rusher that can play right away on third downs he has elite bend in every stretch of the imagination i uh had the film and i was able to take a screenshot today and i sent it to one of my friends who was a physical therapist and i said can you help me out and break down what is called the uh what is it disflection and I can't think of the other word, but something to do with the feet. I'm I'm an accounting major. I'm not a science guy. I'll get to it. You can go check it out on Twitter. I broke it down. But she said that his ankle was unnaturally bendable and that if he moved it maybe another degree, that's a rolled ankle. But he has unbelievable flexion in his ankles, which shows in his bend around the arc. He displays an unbelievable dip, and his hand usage just gets better and better as the game goes on. And he plays that sort of like Gennard Avery role that you kind of just want him on the field to get up through the gaps, and he can do that, and I think he's a guy that on the edge, playing the weak side, can get down the line well, flows down the line of scrimmage, and can really make plays on the weak side of the ball. He can drop in his own coverage, which Schwartz likes to do from time to time with his defensive ends, which I'm not overly in love with, but hey, that's Jim Schwartz. That's what he does. Moving to the interior, man, this position just, there are guys every single year that tend to catch my eye because they just display unbelievable athleticism and unbelievable burst off the line. And last year, you probably had heard me talk about Kalen Saunders time and time again, a big guy, 300 plus pounds, who's playing in the Super Bowl coming up. But his athleticism, his hip flexibility for his size was something that I fell in love with. And one guy that I fell in love with this go-around is Benito Jones out of Ole Miss. He's a defensive line, three-tech type player that plays that Tim Jernigan sort of role. I uh, met somebody through the Scouting Academy, my friend Joe. He uh, went to school with um, our good friend uh, Jones, and he said that he would always be in hot yoga classes, and you could see it because his hips, when he's engaged, he's able to sink his hips and just keep a base that even on double teams, when he has 600 pounds of a man coming his way, is able to just keep his base and not get get knocked off his two feet, and it's just really something you love. He gets upfield quick. He plays with great leverage. It's something that I like to see in my guys up front. Another player, different style of player, is uh, Devon Hamilton, a defensive lineman who, frankly, is just a certified people mover. Next to Fletcher Cox, they would just be pushing the pocket all day long. He would be a guy that would really allow your edge rushers to open things up. But, man, if he's in doubles... His thighs are the size of tree trunks. He's just not getting pushed over. He's a guy that can just move the pocket time and time again. And much like another guy, um, 
Lorel Murchison, sorry, I drew a blank there for a second on North Carolina State, a guy that I was lucky enough to sit next to NFL writer Chad Reuter on the plane coming, uh, going to Mobile, Alabama, and he said, look out for this kid, and he's another guy that can get up the field quick. A big body guy, still has to learn some, some technique on his, on his spin, get up field with his spin, has to polish his hand movement, but he's a guy that could come in right away and be a run stuffing type guy who offers some upfield burst. We can go on for hours about these players. I, I have a lot to say about a lot of different players, and hopefully I can do some more breakdowns in this offseason as things are tend to slowing down right now. But, man, I am so gracious that I was able to go down and have this experience, and I was glad to see these guys show out this weekend and glad to see some of these guys raise their draft stock and make some money. And I'm just going to wrap it up. After this, I'm going to give my two MVPs of the week, one on offense, one on defense, and two guys that I really think solidified themselves to be in the league for quite some time. So join me on the final segment of Lockdown Eagles. Guys, we are sponsored today by MyBookie. Between the football season, the NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, you can try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain? They want to get your mind off everything else and back on the action. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand, you are going to get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. All you got to do is use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNFL to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. You play, you win, and you get paid. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, just finishing up real quick with my two MVPs of the week in Mobile, Alabama. My big winner on the offensive side of the football, I got to say, is Justin Herbert. I think he answered a lot of the questions that scouts had for him coming into this week. He is going to solidify himself as a top 10 pick. He's just going to continue to get better, I feel like, when he shows off his uh his intellect in meetings, teams are just going to continue to fall in love with him, and he's a guy that is going to make money in this league for quite some time. And on the defensive side of the football, I mean, outside of Javon Kinlaw, who just far and away was the best player this week, he's going to be a top 10 pick. My defensive MVP is Kyle Duggar, a guy who before this season not too many people knew of, a small school guy in North Carolina, really came into this week needing to prove a lot if he could play against the big boys in every stretch of the imagination he did. A guy that, much like Darnell Savage last year, who really wasn't known until about this time, is going to fly up draft boards. And it wouldn't shock me to see him draft inside the top 50 and one be one of the top three safeties picked. He really can do it all, and I'm very happy that that kid got it done and can say that, hey, I might be a guy that went to Lenore, Lenore Ryan, but I can play with the big boys. And there were a lot of guys that showed out this week. A lot of guys that are going to be showing out in the NFL for quite some time. A lot of guys that I hope come into the Eagles organization and make some plays. Because Lou and I were happy when we could talk about good football players. So thank you everybody for joining me on this Senior Bowl week. Thank you for allowing me to talk to you about this coverage, giving you an inside look all week down in Mobile. I will be writing up these guys. There's just too many players. 
to miss out and not give you guys some intel on. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. As always, join us on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gino Camilleri. Once again, you can find me at Gino underscore LOE on Twitter, at Lockdown Birds, at DBLC LOE. And thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And fly, Eagles, fly.